Thomas Buchanan Reed's poem, Sheridan's Ride. Kelly captured on canvas the fury of General Phil Sheridan rallying his retreating army at the Battle of Cedar Creek on October 19, 1864. When Kelly completed his painting, he saw that, with all its violent action, the scene had possibilities for a statuette. And although Kelly had never attempted sculpture before, he set about modeling Sheridan in wax. When the statuette was cast in bronze and placed on public display, Kelly received lavish praise. Shortly after this, Kelly gave up illustrating and turned his full attention to sculpting figures from American history. An art critic wrote of Kelly's work, The most striking characteristic of his work is its pure Americanism. It belongs to no school. Mr. Kelly has been trained in no school. The conventions of sculpture are to him a sealed book. When somebody made a polite inquiry concerning his technique, Mr. Kelly looked gravely in his face and said, I do not know what you mean by technique. He designs and models in a fashion as untrammeled as that of the old masters, nay, more so, for his work is alive with freedom, while theirs are bound by the narrowness of their age. In no place does Kelly's work show a single hint of suggestion from another mind. He has, perhaps, a tendency to strike too high a note. While he is the sternest realist in form, he is a brilliant idealist in spirit of conception. In the decades that followed his initial success, Kelly was commissioned to portray in bronze forty Union generals, including Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain, Alexander S. Webb, Fitzjohn Porter, O. O. Howard, Alfred Pleasanton, and James H. Wilson, all agreed to pose, some on their deathbeds, and also to provide details of their war service. In many instances, Kelly befriended these lonely old heroes, and his studio in the YMCA building on 57th Street in New York City became a quiet refuge where they could sit and talk of glory past. During one interview session, Kelly asked General Chamberlain to describe the scene of his wounding while leading a charge at Petersburg on June 18, 1864. Chamberlain acquiesced, but then added, I don't see how you can show this in a picture. Just tell me the facts, Kelly responded, and I'll attend to the picture. And by recording those stirring facts, Kelly left us not only his wonderful art, but a truly unique picture of the lives of the great figures of the American Civil War. I first encountered the Kelly Papers in late 2003 at the New York Historical Society, and after examining the first of 27 boxes of interviews, notes, letters, sketches, photographs, and countless drafts of his memoirs, I was awestruck. Never before had I read such extraordinarily enlightening interviews with the famed commanders of the Civil War. I was amazed at Kelly's remarkable skill in recording their physical characteristics and emotional bearing. At last I felt that those heroic figures were no longer iconic marble men, but human beings, warts, both literal and figurative, and all. I knew then I had to bring the Kelly interviews to light. I decided to undertake the mission of editing Kelly's memoir and transcribing nearly 2,000 pages of his handwritten notes. I selected over 40 interviews conducted with principal Union commanders and other significant figures from the era. For instance, several of the actors and audience members at Ford's Theater the night of the Lincoln assassination, 
and a rare interview with Rough Rider Colonel Theodore Roosevelt on his return from Cuba. Also included is new evidence in regards to several of the most controversial events of the war, including the Meade-Sickles controversy, the Warren Court of Inquiry, and the Fitzjohn Porter case. For editing purposes, I have used brackets to identify persons, regiments, locations, and dates. My explanatory comments appear throughout in italics. Parentheses are original to Kelly. It is with great pleasure that I mention all those who have assisted me in the preparation of this volume. First is Sonia Krutsky, whose grammatical criticism I always welcome. My sincere thanks to my friends, Brian Pohanka, Henry D. Ryder, Ed Bears, John Valori, Jim Nevins, Jack Fitzpatrick, Bernadette Lawful Atkins, Dr. Richard Summers, Clark Bud Hall, Rick Uller, and the librarians, Jan Hilly, Lorraine Baratti, and Ted O'Reilly.